Welcome to the Newsbusters podcast with the executive editor of Newsbusters, your host, Tim Graham. Hello and welcome to the ongoing game of Hide the Biden Scandals in our shamelessly partisan lamestream, shamestream, demstream media. Uh, here at the MRC, we are still harping on how aerobically they are avoiding the Biden scandals. Yes, these supposedly curious journalists who have no agenda but the truth are just here to avoid all that Republican pouncing and seizing and weaponizing. I, of course, was especially interested going into the weekend on what do we get on the Week in Review on the PBS NewsHour. We get nothing. We get more obsessing over Trump. How about Washington Week? 30 minutes of the news of the week. Nope, no time for Biden scandals there. Yes, they had Jeffrey Goldberg of the Atlantic on, the guy that thinks Obama was the greatest terrorist hunter in our history. Shameless Democrat partisan. You know, Washington Week would never have on a Fox News reporter on their reporter panel or a Washington Times reporter or a Washington Free Beacon reporter, you name it. Liberals only need apply. Yes, Jeffrey Goldberg was on there basically playing up the whole, we could have a presidential nominee in jail. Stroke me, stroke me. Yeah, I mean, they love that idea, Trump in jail. They can't stop talking about it. I mean, they, they love this idea that they indict Trump multiple times and his polling numbers keep going up. What is that about? All right, so then there was the weekend edition Saturday. They discussed the news of the week with Scott Simon. And, of course, in the week in review there, no time for the Bidens. Senator Tommy Tuberville holding up the Pentagon. The Senate passing a Supreme Court ethics bill. And, of course, the Trump indictment. No time for the Bidens. Then we turn to the Sunday shows. There was no meet the press because they had the British Open on, the golf tournament. The Brits want to call it the Open. It's like, hey, we got the U.S. Open, pal. You're the British Open. No NBC. CBS and ABC both had their Sunday shows. They, of course, had big chunks on Trump's apparently impending indictment. Got to a lot of other topics. ABC talked up Medicaid. CBS spent a pile of time in North Korea, both obsessed about hot weather and climate change. CNN, at least in their case, State of the Union, had a little exchange with Nancy Pelosi. Dana Bash, this was the best she could do. She describes two IRS you know, career professionals have said that the prosecution of Hunter Biden was not adequate, etc. But then she says to Pelosi, are you confident the politics did not play a role here? What kind of question is that? The Hunter Biden probe took like five years. There is no better dictionary definition of slow walking a probe. Are you confident the politics didn't play a role? Really obvious that the politics played a role. That's what the whistleblowers underlined. It was obvious. It's like asking Nancy Pelosi, do you have a face? And of course, Nancy Pelosi is going to come back, you know, just like Jamie Raskin. 
What a ridiculous clown show on the part of the Republicans. Then she said, what did they do? They bring in Joe Kennedy talking about censorship as he's talking to the world in a congressional hearing. And Bash had to be like, uh, I think you meant Robert Kennedy. Joe Kennedy. You know, this would be really funny if she was talking about Joe Kennedy like John F. Kennedy's dad. That would be funny. Um, and, of course, Joseph Kennedy Jr. was the oldest son of Joseph Kennedy Sr., died in World War II. Uh, the, uh, but there were two Joe Kennedys, Joe Kennedy II, who was a son of Robert F. Kennedy, and then Joseph F. Kennedy, Joseph P. Kennedy III, uh, who was the redheaded congressman that like slobbered on national television. Uh, so there's a couple Joe Kennedys she served with. So it wasn't as funny as it could have been. And Dana Bash was like, Robert. And then, of course, she, because she's trying to be very polite with old Nancy, she says, that's okay. There are a lot of Kennedys. <laughs> it's okay, Nancy. We know you're old. And then she repeats the question. Do you feel confident? No politics by the DOJ. And what she gets is this classic DNC answer. The district, the U.S. attorney was a Trump appointee. A Trump appointee. Well, yeah. David Weiss, who nobody heard about for five years, was appointed by Trump. Why? Because two Democrat senators in Delaware proposed David Weiss. But now they're all running around saying David Weiss like he's got wears a MAGA hat, which is obviously not the case. You will hear more about David Weiss in the weeks to come. Our boss, Brent Baker, had the hot tweet yesterday about the Bidens. In her chat with Chris Christie, CBS Face the Nation host Margaret Brennan noted he was a U.S. attorney. Christie never lets anyone forget he was a prosecutor. Then she talks about the Hunter Biden plea deal. Brennan says, the deal has infuriated many congressional Republicans who are holding their own hearings. And I wonder, after this plea happens, if you would advise your party to move on. What? Move on? The networks haven't even moved in. This is just getting started, Margaret. After the plea bar after the plea bargain happens, isn't this story over? That's the way we want it here in Democrat land. That's how we are here at the Dan Rather channel. That's a shameful question. Can we just move on? Would you advise your party to move on? Are any of you Democrats moving on from Trump? I don't think so. I don't think you'll ever let up. So Chris Christie did respond with, no, I wouldn't advise us to move on. He has to say, as you mentioned, I was the U.S. attorney in the fifth largest office in the country for seven years. Resume, resume, resume. But Christie makes the obvious point. It does not take five years to investigate two misdemeanor tax counts and a gun charge. One question. One Lame question. So even when the Biden scandals briefly surfaced this weekend, it's a clown show that we need to move away from. Got it. Now, a hotter issue right now, Sunday and Monday, is the new black history standards for Florida's schools. 
You'll remember that Governor Ron DeSantis objected to the wokeness of the standards of the advanced placement course folks. So the state wrote their own standards. And then the White House sent Kamala Harris to Florida to pounce. Now, when Republicans pounce, they make it sound terrible and poisonous. But when the Democrats do it, it's glorious. Here's a bit of how Margaret Brennan on CBS let off Face the Nation. The culture wars on the campaign trail intensify as Vice President Kamala Harris blasts new Florida guidelines for teaching black history in schools that suggest some slaves develop useful skills in bondage. They insult us in an attempt to gaslight us, and we will not have it. And we will not have it. Florida governor and GOP presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis says he wasn't involved, but... ...that they're probably going to show um, some of the folks that eventually parlayed, uh, you know, being a blacksmith into, into doing things later, later in life. We'll talk to former New Jersey governor and Republican candidate Chris Christie about that and a possible third indictment facing President Trump. So she threw this question at Chris Christie, which ended up being a softball, because this is like, Chris Christie, please knock Ron DeSantis as a bad leader, which he did. This is the kind of exchange where you can be a little cynical that everyone at CBS and the other networks want a DeSantis collapse. They want him to never have happened. So they can have their Republican nominee that's been indicted multiple times. So they can say, hey, maybe the Republican nominee could be in jail. I think he could be in jail. These people want to make DeSantis look worthless and weak. Now, listen to ABC's This Week. Martha, I'm not crying that Hillary lost Raddatz. Also wanted to exploit the Florida education controversy. DeSantis is is basically trying to reboot, but that hit a real snag this week. He's trying to distance himself and go national instead of what's happening in Florida. But this week, the state's Board of Education implemented these new standards for teaching black history that suggests slaves benefited from certain skills they developed as slaves. Uh, Vice President Kamala Harris went straight down there uh, to talk about that. Let's listen. How is it that anyone could suggest that in the midst of these atrocities that there was any benefit to being subjected to this level of dehumanization? Notice that networks are highlighting a speech by Kamala Harris. They're not highlighting the word salads. Nothing embarrassing. Only the righteous sound of a woman of color letting DeSantis have it. No one at these networks is going to fact-check Kamala. They all know she needs some help with her disapproval numbers, and they're down with the mission. Then Raddatz turned to the new top editor of USA Today, Terrence Samuel. Back in the day, Terrence Samuel used to be at U.S. News & World Report when it was a magazine on paper. We'll just pick up where we left off. Harris did not mention DeSantis by name, but he pushed back saying he had nothing to do with this. Ask those involved, although he said the reality is all of that is rooted in whatever is factual and said her visit was ridiculous. Your reaction? 
it's incomprehensible how we could be having this conversation about the benefits of slavery. Um, I understand the politics, but on some level, uh, it is the, the conversation itself is completely ridiculous, and we shouldn't be having it. Uh, but I think it goes to kind of the, the DeSantis uh, strategy, how he basically converts the, his, his successes in, in Florida to something national. Um, and he is a culture warrior. It's worked for him. And the question is, can that work beyond Florida? On this particular thing, it's hard to imagine that, uh, that this is the way he wants to go. As Brent Baker said, yes, the conversation is ridiculous because liberals keep misrepresenting this proposed curriculum. But wait, did we see Terrence Samuel? Yes, as in liberal activist Terrence Samuel, this is how he should be known. As NPR's managing editor for news in October of 2020, to say it the way that Barbara Walters always did, welcome to 2020. Terrence Samuel assured NPR's liberal base they wouldn't be doing that junky Hunter Biden laptop story. Samuel's quote, infamous quote, we don't want to waste our time on stories that are not really stories. And we don't want to waste the listeners and readers' time on stories that are just pure distractions. NPR still going by that lame spin skipping any House hearings by the Republicans because Republican hearings are just pure distractions. Just remember, when they talk about conservative media being a silo, give a good look at NPR or a good listen. Put your earbuds in because that's a silo, folks. Over on Fox News Sunday, Shannon Bream was going to be careful to say, you know, I did my homework, I read these things. She read from them. Uh, Guy Benson, who does a radio show for Fox, he let Kamala have it because we're on Fox. I think the vice president is being either willfully ignorant or willfully dishonest on this issue. She's demagoguing what the state of Florida has done. So a group of scholars put this together. Some of them are black. He was like, there's a massive amount of information that students should be taught. And then he said one piece... For example, this is an encyclopedia published by Oxford and Columbia Universities. says exactly the same thing as the Florida package. There was a system of apprenticeship that emerged that further developed the skills of enslaved people. In some cases, these skills created benefit for the slaves. They were able to purchase their freedom. They were able to escape to the north and earn a living. This is a crucial point that people who are cheerleading Kamala don't want to acknowledge, and that is they're not basically saying slavery was good for you in that you learned how to do something while you were a slave. No, you learned to do something that allowed you to escape being a slave. That's just a little bit different, don't you think? So then Shannon Bream turns to Juan Williams, and Juan Williams is not going to actually try to rebut what Guy Benson just said. That's just not his bag. So he, he's basically saying, oh, you know what? This thing is so insulting. It's like 
Jews picked up some skills in concentration camps. Or you know what? Engineers learned a lot when those planes crashed into the World Trade Center. That's an awful cartoon. How do you try to suggest slavery is like the Holocaust? Slavery was a horrible thing, but they didn't exterminate six million slaves. He's just trying to put the maximum smear on DeSantis here. I mean, and then he had this weird thing where he started saying, oh, this was a terrible week for Republicans because you had the DeSantis thing, and then you had the whole Alabama redistricting thing where the Democrats are all like, Alabama needs two black seats. Why? Because Alabama needs two black Democrats. The Republicans are against it because they're racist. No, because they're trying to suggest we don't want two Democrats in the Alabama delegation. That's a pretty classic spin. And then, of course, Juan Williams goes off on the Jason Aldean song. This was somehow also a bad week for the Republican Party. Somehow, the Jason Aldean video is ruining the Republican Party. Try to do that dot to dot. We should go back and note that CNN Scott Jennings, as Kevin Tober noticed, did say on CNN State of the Union, it's amazing to me how little Kamala Harris has to do that she can read something on Twitter one day and be on an airplane the next to make something literally out of nothing. This is a completely made-up deal. I looked at the standards. I even looked at an analysis of the standards. In every instance where the word slavery or slave was used, I even read the statement of the African-American scholars that wrote the standards. Everyone involved in this says it's a completely fabricated issue, and yet look at how quickly Kamala Harris jumped on it. Well, it's still going on today as we, uh, as we look at today's shows, more of the same thing. Uh, CNN, Errol Lewis, their uh, liberal analyst said uh, the Florida thing is just a disgraceful hash of history. They just got all of it wrong. No, they didn't, but, you know, that's the liberal spin today. And then anchor Erica Hill quoted from Will Hurd, Republican presidential candidate, trying to get his licks in on DeSantis from his place in the polls of 0.01% support. Hurd wrote, Unfortunately, it has to be said, slavery wasn't a jobs program that taught beneficial skills. It was literally dehumanizing and subjugated people as property because they lacked any rights or freedoms. Um, I have a rebuttal to Will Hurd. Duh! Nobody said slavery was a jobs program. You're just, like, making that up. But Erica Hill enjoyed it. She was like, we should know. I hope we could all agree slavery was wrong and it was not a jobs program. Yes, we can all agree on that. What we can agree on is what the truth is about what's in this floor curriculum package. Nobody said it was a jobs program. You have one clunky sentence in a 200-page document. The Democrats will find it and they'll all go to town on the one sentence, ignore the other, the other 200 pages. Dan Rather called that context and perspective. Yeah, it's called liberal spin. Yes, everybody is citing uh, Guy Benson, Scott Jennings, cited Charles C.W. Cook at National Review, who really dug into this. 
He said, every mention of slavery, slaves, abolitionism, civil rights, and African Americans in the new curriculum says there was simply no way of perusing this course and concluding it gaslights people or it whitewashes slavery. This is a brazen lie. It's an astonishing lie. It's an evil lie. It is so untrue, so deliberately and cynically misleading that in a sensible political culture, Harris would be obligated to issue an apology. But as we said, nobody's going to be waiting for PolitiFact to line up on this. Kamala Harris went to Florida where PolitiFact is based there in Tampa. They're not going to notice. Snopes, nopes. Daniel Dale, don't make me laugh. You know, Reuters, AP, Glenn Kessler at the Washington Post. We don't have a lot of hope. But this is the way it runs in the early stages of campaign 2024. Let's destroy DeSantis now before he can get going. They all want to say, let's make him Scott Walker, the governor of Wisconsin, who, you know, got really didn't never got started. That's what they're hoping for Ron DeSantis. So if you want to keep up on the way that they keep trying to destroy the Republicans and support Biden and Harris with all of their might, if you'll call it might, you got to come to Newsbusters once, twice, 24 times a day. Thanks for checking in. <laughs>